0: And we're doing this new segment starting today at 10.30 every Thursday, Every Day is Earth Day. It's supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where you are part owner, member of NCUA. More at minvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by Lee Pomeroy. It is 10.31 and joining us now is Lee Pomeroy, who came up with an idea to asking what are you guys doing for Earth Day? What are you guys doing for Earth Day? And I thought, I don't know, what are we doing? And I thought, what a great idea. We should do something for Earth Day and Earth Week. So we had a whole a bunch of programs on Earth Week uh, featuring all sorts of topics related to the globe, how we can make things better, etc. So I'm going to welcome this morning Lee Pomeroy. Good morning, Lee. Hello, Karen. How are you? I'm doing great. So it's great to have you in the studio and, and thanks you f- for bringing the idea. And now we've a uh, we're going to have a regular program to talk about these issues. And I want to ask you first, how did you become interested in, I guess, saving the planet if you want to go that big? Uh,
1: it's Well, it goes back to my youth, actually. Um, my father, who was in plastics. Oh, wow. <laughs> so when The Graduate came out years did... ago, uh, if you remember the famous line, I have one word for you, plastics. <laughs> um Uh, You know, that was sort of a joke. But my father also, despite being in plastics, which has kind of a bad name now. Well, it used to be like the greatest thing since sliced bread. But as we've learned more,
0: it's changed.
1: Well, and we're so dependent upon it, too. Right. And there are so many side effects of plastics that we're just learning about now. Well, those
0: microplastics that you can't even see. Correct
1: and PFAS, PFAS and things like that. So it's,
0: let's what kind of things did your dad make plastic? Well, he no, make- he
1: was involved in um, um, surfboard industry. Oh, he helped surfboards, uh, plastic boats, plastic skateboards and the infamous what they call our bots dots. Bots dots are the the round things and the road between lanes, we don't have too many in Minnesota because of snow plows, okay. that when you go over and they go whomp, 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 whomp. Oh, right, right. Okay.
0: We have, like, trenches in the concrete. Yeah. Said. Yeah, now.
1: Right. So the, uh, But um, he also, he was a good Republican. Uh, uh, when Repub- Well, we're not, let's not get public. Let's go to politics. No, 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 no we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he also was a, a big-time recycler, and he was recycling whatever. Way back be, when. Way back when. So we'd always set aside our cans and bottles and things like that. And other people looked at you like, what are they doing? Well, this was at home. You know, it wasn't. Oh, sure. So, um. So that's where I got my first. And then I went to uh, Colorado College, which is, by the way, the college that Liz Cheney has now been in the news. A mm-hmm. lot, went to, okay. uh, about mm, 15 years after I did. Okay. Um, and it's, it has a very, um, you know, um, earth-aware bent. You know, it's, it's actually a carbon-neutral campus now. They, they either buy offsets or produce enough of their own energy to make up for what they uh, mm-hmm. use. And they have a very uh, interesting academic system, which actually started after I went there, where you take one course at a time. So for their courses, for instance, if you're studying geology, we're getting a little off track, but I'll get back on. uh, You will leave campus for two and a half weeks and go out to God knows where to study rocks. Neat. Yeah. I love that. So there's a lot of flexibility there. And this also ties in well with their environmental programs um, because it allows people to study away from the campus. Did you study
0: there when you were there? Is that what you studied? No,
1: I didn't. Oh. I was political science and psychology. But when you go to a a liberal arts school such as that one or take a liberal arts education, which you can get a very good one here at MSU, uh, it allows you, it gives you a strong background and you can go on and do pretty much what you want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it requires further training if you're going into medical field or engineering or something like that. Um, But it does give you a solid background. And indeed, uh, employers look for that.
0: Right. And, you know, I was thinking with the location of Colorado, I mean, with the outdoors, the great outdoors is so prevalent there with the the tourism, ski industry and all those other things. Uh, So I imagine that probably prompted them to be more in line with that than some other areas.
1: Yes. Um, Yeah. I mean, the colleges certainly in general are on the forefront of these environmental issues. And MSU is 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 beginning. Well, it started Yeah, working at it and we hope this continues. Oh, I would say, uh, maybe 10 years ago, some of us who were involved with the university thought, this school is not up to snuff on this. But then they made major changes in the last decade. And, and we
0: should let people know that, Lee, you uh, were a faculty member. Yes. And are now are retired.
1: Yes, I was actually just part-time in the faculty. Oh, okay, yeah. sure. So, um, but in retirement, one is as busy as, as they
0: are when they're not. Uh, yeah, yes. uh,
1: the difference is we don't get paid,
0: right? Um, and you will lo- probably like
1: what you do more in general. Well, I liked what I did here. I taught right. film classes sure. and writing. Not well, grading papers wasn't always the most no, fun thing. No, no, but, um, but it, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, you, you, you have to stay busy or else, as right. you well know.
0: So, so now you're really involved in a lot of environmental issues, especially I know uh, electric. <laughs> cars are one of your interests and uh, solar energy and other things as well. So talk a little bit about your involvement and how you've been doing I guess getting the word out about some of those. Well
1: the um, the climate change issue hit me in the head when I went to a Gustavus Adolphus Nobel conference uh, shoot 10-12 years ago sure, and it was on energy and uh, and then subsequent conferences have, have also discussed that so I realized that's what I was going to do with the rest of my life as well as you know the other things I do, right? Uh, and so uh, I am chair of a group called the S- South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council, uh, which puts on forums every uh, w- one a month, uh, mm-hmm. on the uh, second Friday of every month, which would be tomorrow.
0: Okay, and where is that, and what's the topic?
1: Right now, it's Zoom.
0: Oh, it's via Zoom, and, sure. Yes.
1: And anybody's invited to Zoom in. And if you go to our website, which is smcleanenergy.org or smcleanenergy.com, either one, or just just uh, search uh, South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council, and it'll come up. And if you go to our uh, upcoming events page, it will have all the Zoom information.
0: So people can come and, and the topic... The topic
1: tomorrow is uh, charging ahead new developments in the battery industry. Oh, interesting. And uh, this is a really rapidly changing technology. Um, You know, today we're moving towards lithium batteries, but batteries of the future may be totally different. Sure. And a lot of research going on. Our presenter, by the way, will be presenting from Norway. Really, which is the wonders of Zoom.
0: Oh, yeah, you don't have to, yeah, otherwise, you probably couldn't, you know, flown somebody in and (laughs) had them come. But and that is really neat. So, uh, battery pot has always been an issue with electric cars where they don't last long enough and the charging stations and things. And, like you said, things have are quickly developing in that area.
1: And and I want to say that electric cars to me are like the icing on the cake, we don't hear a lot about the cake. The basics, if you really want to save money, and I say save money and save energy and save the planet, is the first thing you do is cut down on your energy use. And everybody can do that by just switching out all their old incandescent light bulbs, their fluorescent light bulbs, to LEDs.
0: And that's something the university finally did. I remember when the big change was coming and they they came in and now we have all the LEDs. And I can't remember the the, the number, but it was a significant cost savings. Yes. And it, energy savings.
1: Exactly. It paid for itself. Right. So, uh, and if you have a surplus of these old bulbs, just take them to Habitat for Humanity Restore, uh, which is on Bassett Drive. Is that what it is? Yes. I think so, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bassett Drive uh, and uh, they'll take them and they'll Do they
0: repurpose them or what do they They like?
1: resell them oh, so okay. you can go in and buy um, bulbs, any kinds of bulbs for 10 cents a piece there so I mean that's another way to, to save energy and save the planet is to uh, buy at thrift stores Oh right like Restore.
0: Yeah and there's a lot of great things you can find there that maybe somebody had two extra, sh- you know, extra shingles or extra wood yeah. or something for a project and that way, you can get it less expensive and not have to, you know, go out and buy new and have more stuff made.
1: Correct. And my actually tomorrow, their their truck is coming by my house to pick up some old lath that's been in my garage for years and years and years, and I'd forgotten about it. And my son found it as cleaning up my garage <laughs> and said, "Oh, what? You know, let's get rid of this." And so they're gonna they're gonna come pick it up. So, you know, there's so many things you can do to make every day an Earth Day. You know. Um, Save energy by, by using less, by uh, by getting, uh, you know, upgrading your windows uh, on your house, uh, by, by adding insulation, you know, right. by switching out light bulbs, by, for instance, I just w- learned recently that there's a new kind of water heater, electric water heater, that uses two-thirds less electricity.
0: Is this the tankless kind,
1: uh, or it's different than that? Well, it's... It's different than that. Okay. I have a tankless gas-fired water heater, sure. which was state-of-the-art, and still is for gas water heaters. When I think we bought it five, six years ago, and uh, right away it saved me twenty dollars a month in gas costs. And uh, that all adds up. And also, and it was not. It was more expensive than a regular water heater, but I got a, a credit from CenterPoint Energy, my gas supplier. So uh but today there are these electric uh water heaters, and you can buy them at the, you know any l- local store that sells water heaters um, that uh, you know are are um, they're called a- um air source heat pump air
0: source heat pump water, water heater so it's a, it's the latest technology the latest
1: technology so if you're you know and the time to upgrade your water heater, is not when it goes out.
0: Right, because then
1: you're in the desperation phase. Because yeah, I know to...
0: we have one uh, at our lake house that, that we know is it's old and it needs to be replaced, and we were thinking of doing a tankless one. So you're suggesting maybe there's something better yet that may be more energy saving what what is so what is it we need to look for or where do we well need-
1: you have to do a little research it's not really easy okay and your plumber may not be up to date on the latest your plumber may say well why don't you get this standard water heater Probably because it's cheaper probably because it's cheaper and that's what he or she knows Oh, phone's ringing <laughs> it's okay.
0: I, we're on the air we keep going
1: <laughs> so um, so yeah it takes a little bit of research uh you know, and, and again, this was new to me up to and up until a few weeks ago. Okay. Th- this
0: and, and so what's the premise of what does it do or how does it work? Well, it
1: takes, okay, th- you know, it, even when it's really cold outside in Minnesota, there's still energy in the air. You know, when you have zero energy in the air, you that's absolute zero. But anything above that, there's still energy in the air. So you can draw energy from... The air and the atmosphere. <laughs> um, well, they have heating systems that work to 22 degrees below zero. Wow. Air source heat pump heating systems. Amazing. Okay. They can take the heat and put it into your house. And, again, that's another way to save money when you're upgrading your uh, HVAC, HVAC system is using an air source heat pump. And, and these things, these water heaters and these uh, heating systems, HVAC systems, They're more expensive now. They're going to go down in price, but you can get um, credits from your energy credits is what energy credits from your uh, energy supplier. If it's Benco, if it's Excel, if it's CenterPoint, they all have deals. Sure. None. So, um, so there. You know, it. At this point, if you you know, you've got to do a little bit of your own research, Uh, but you may know somebody. There's a guy named Gary Winters. Who has a store and tell called the Minnesota Solar Store? Oh. It's up on North Riverfront, and he sells equipment for home installers for solar. But he knows so much stuff, you know. And- now
0: you're you're a big solar guy because you I know have had solar panels on your house for I don't even know how long. It seems like a long time. Well,
1: our first installation was 2017.
0: And don't you also have a kind of an earthen home? It's sort of built underground, so you save energy that way. Is that what it's called? It's a,
1: it's a semi-bermed home. It was built in the early 1980s uh, from a uh, plan from Sunset Magazine, which, you know, is caters to the West. Right. Um, you know, and they're big on energy savings there because energy costs can be pretty high uh, in the Southwest and California. Um, so yes, it's semi-bermed. So therefore, it, it's naturally insulating. Plus, the south side of the house has large windows on it which allow heat in during the winter Um, they're also reflective during the summer uh, and it's also got brick on the inside of the uh, sunroom there so that the brick absorbs the heat during the winter okay so it's uh it works pretty well (laughs) and then i could put a lot of plants in there which is kind of a nice environmental thing Uh, but um, it just makes a lot of sense
0: well, you know, this this program we started talking, I mean, it, it involves so many aspects of, of uh, you know, climate change. We're talking anything you can do to, to purify the water. I mean, there's so many things that are so important to, I guess, the planet in general. And I saw this article this morning. I thought you might be interested in it. We were talking about how far flung that this topic can go climate change may exacerbate Earth's space junk problem. And I thought, what What in the world are they talking about? You know, what, what do they mean, space junk? Because we've got our own junk problem, right? Well, <laughs> apparently there is a study that was presented last month at the European Conference on Space Debris that says uh, a problem of space junk has been underestimated and that the amount of space junk in orbit could, in the worst-case scenario, increase 50-fold by 2100. Of course, most of us, because it's not right in your backyard, you don't think about it. But according to this, the uh, researchers of University of Southampton in England uh, said that the atmosphere is useful, a useful ally in clearing up space junk because collisions with its molecules cause drag pulling objects back into the atmosphere and below 300 miles above the earth's surface most objects will naturally decay into the thicker lower atmosphere and burn at in up in less than 10 years but because of the uh, climate change and the escape of heat the uh, volume of the atmosphere and its density to uh, decrease and so since 2000 the uh, researchers say that the atmosphere at 250 miles has lost 21% of its density because of the rising carbon dioxide levels. And they say by 2100, if carbon dioxide levels double their current levels in line with the worst-case scenario, uh, then that number could reach rise to 80%. So for space junk, the implications are stark. More than 2,500 objects larger than 4 inches in size currently orbit at or below an altitude of 250 miles. I know four inches doesn't sound very big, but, I mean, when you've got junk coming at you, it's not a good thing. So in a worst-case scenario, the increased orbital life uh, times up to 40 years would mean fewer items are dragged into the lower atmosphere, and they'll they'll be basically floating around there forever. So, I mean, we're talking things that far-flung, and I say far-flung because I don't think you know, it's hard to think beyond our own earth here where I'm saying, well, I'm, you know, preventing erosion or I'm
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, saving energy. So mm-hmm. I, I guess it's just one that I want to bring up to talk about how far flung this, this issue is. Where did
1: you find that article? It was
0: in today's star tribune, actually. Oh, it was, trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can uh, give you that one when, when you leave, but well, I just thought okay. that was really interesting. Uh, you know, that we're talking about that, uh, things that we're doing now that can affect things that Sh- far out.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of this stuff is just common sense, and some of it's so so easy. For instance, when I use a search engine online, I use one called Ecosia. Oh. E C O S I A, and um, f- for every search it you make, it contributes to planting trees.
0: Really? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah. E C O
1: E C O S I A Ecosia. Okay. okay. And so uh, it's
0: similar to like a Google or yeah, anything else, or but Bing, I'm, or okay, or
1: you know any of those other ones. So uh, you know, so it's it's actually it's a, a group out of uh, Europe.
0: Does it cost anything to use? No, or, no. So it's just one of those things. Y-
1: yeah. So you just use that as your default search oh, engine. Okay. And you're planting trees.
0: Really? Yeah. <laughs> so that's crazy. Okay. I mean, I love it. That, that I mean, what a great thing. I, I assume they must get advertising dollars in order to do that, or or something. Uh, yeah. Must. Yeah, yeah the, and
1: I think also it's part of a nonprofit or a university oh, sure. or something okay. like that. So, so what think, a simple thing you could do. What a simple yeah. thing you can do. Uh, yeah. So you don't have to go out and buy an electric car.
0: <laughs> well, you know, and and, the, and for some people, reality, it's very expensive. At this you know to buy that kind of thing, and they they can't afford it. So
1: yeah, but within ten years.
0: Right, and that's the thing. Most you, cars
1: will be electric. Most new cars uh, will be electric.
0: Because now, of course, we hear a lot about the hybrids. And I know, I think you drive the, drive a hybrid, for plug, example. Plug-in
1: hybrid, yes.
0: Tell me about how how much energy has that saved you. And now, of course, with the the crisis going on, with the gas prices zooming up, I'm sure you're glad you have a, an electric.
1: Um, I have filled my car up twice this year, and we're in May. Now, I haven't driven all I'm that say, far. Say, have you driven anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I have a plug-in Prius, uh, and it it only gets uh, on the electric charge 25 miles or so.
0: Oh, so that's not really very far. But it
1: gets you around town. town. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and, be, and then after I go beyond that range, uh, the hybrid system kicks in, which is the combination gas and electric. So overall, uh, I'm getting about 147 miles to the gallon right now. Not bad. And the thing is about this vehicle is that um, there comes the tax credit of $4,500, uh, which you have to use in the year that you buy the vehicle, so it it you know people who don't have a tax bill that high don't benefit as well. Okay. But after you take into account the tax credit, it's the same price as a regular Prius.
0: Okay, so it just makes
1: sense. It just makes sense. So and in fact, um, uh, Chrysler vans, which are very popular among vans. You know, they offer a high, hy- you know, a hybrid van and and all their hybrid vans now are plug ins. And those get a seven thousand five hundred dollar tax credit, which makes them cheaper than a regular gas Chrysler van.
0: Now are some people gonna say, Well, you're using electricity, doesn't electricity come from burning coal and there things. There you go.
1: That's a, and that's I mean, true. there's an
0: argument about that.
1: And that's still true. Um, we are now less than 30% of our energy production comes from coal in Minnesota. So the rest and it's is And dropping. From? Uh, nuclear, wind, some solar, um, some uh, um, water and power. you know mm-hmm. power. Um, so, but, you know, wind and solar are on the rise. Nuclear is steady. It's going to be steady for a number of years. Uh, the thing about nuclear is that it is carbon- it doesn't produce any carbon dioxide, except when you build the plants.
0: Now, doesn't it create some kind of waste that people are going to we say is a bad uh, thing, too? Because then, you know, there's always like a downside. There's always
1: thing. a downside. I mean, right. civilization is great, except that <laughs> there's,
0: always there's, always a,
1: there's always a downside. So, um, you know, there are purists who don't want any nuclear. There's a lot of technology, a lot of research going in on next generation nuclear. We'll have to see how that pans out. Bill Gates is putting a lot of money into it. Um, and other people, uh, that's another thing. What we want to talk about here is what we can do and what, how we can affect things. Of course, what we can do is, is also use our votes to vote for people running for office who support the future, support clean energy, who support wind and solar and, and, you know, energy efficiency and things like that. Um, So, you know, but businesses, man, you know, we have this sort of, you know, ongoing discussion, capitalism or socialism, capitalism or socialism. Well, one thing about this country is we've got a lot of entrepreneurs. Right. Which is a a capitalistic enterprise, although they're finding out that a lot of people who do this kind of stuff don't do it for the money. They do it because they're excited about developing something Technology-wise, and the and the money actually surprises them when it comes. Money to life.
0: follows along, though, which is yeah.
1: <laughs> and 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 they certainly they deserve re- be rewarded, uh, for what they do. But there's a lot of stuff going on, Karen. Just incredible research going on. Things that we don't, most people don't know about today will become standard things, within again ten years. So. Um,
0: so, do you have any predictions? You know, having studied this a lot, down the line, what people might be able to expect. Just in well, own- within
1: ten years, as I said, most new cars sold will be uh, electric. Yep. Yeah, or and hybrid, the hybrid electric systems that, like my car, will not be around that much because people go to all electric. We do have some issues with balancing the grid load. Right. You know, we saw some issues down in Texas uh, several months ago. We didn't have that problem in Minnesota because we were prepared for the cold weather. Right. Our part of our life. Wind generators don't freeze cuz and they could have made Texas wind generators un, you know safer in terms of being used in cold weather if they didn't.
0: Because they wanted to save money probably. Well, or they didn't think it was going to issue. Wasn't 10 years
1: it? ago they had the same problem that they had this year. And a report came out said you need to winterize your all your wind machines. They just didn't do it. They just didn't Because they
0: thought it won't happen again. It won't happen again. Sort of like the 100-year floods we have. People think, well, it's only another 100 years. I'm not worried about it. So they build on a, a floodplain, and yeah. there it com- comes again, which yeah. didn't seem to... And maybe I'm thinking... Uh, I think it hasn't happened, but it's happening more yes. in the past. It didn't happen as much.
1: And by the way, the failures in Texas, too, was, was were system-wide. You know, they had failures at the natural gas plants. They had failures at... Uh, all the various production facilities for energy, plus their grid was self-contained within Texas, and they weren't able to get energy from other grids outside of the state. So it was a series of of problems. It wasn't just the wind generators. as a matter of fact, they were a very small part of it. so
0: and you know the the, the heat is another issue that seems it really concerns me too as a as a gardener. I do know. I mean, I do know that that things are warming up. I knew that our zones, because I, I plant things, our mm-hmm. zone has changed um, in terms of being like a four A. Now we're a four B, closer to a five zone, which means we're getting warmer and warmer. And that's a part of the climate change as well. Sure. And that's making some things difficult it, uh, for for growers in general because all of a sudden your plants aren't thriving in the way they used to. So you're having to change things, and um, it's bringing more insects that we and things that are invasive that we never used to have so from my perspective that's that's an important part to me is because I have seen that you know my my dad was a farmer we were farmers And he was one of the early adopters of uh, conservation tillage back in the 70s. And I remember having a congressman, Albaldus, I think was his name, in Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. and coming to the farm and, you know, newspaper reporters and TV and everything, showing that he was, my dad was doing this conservation no-till. And back, they just thought he was crazy. My dad's crazy because you can't do this. And my dad thought, well, if it's going to help, prevent erosion and things. It's worth doing. And I'll never forget the other thing as kids. We helped plant 10,000 trees on our property because we had some hills and it's like good for erosion. So it's been a part of my life for a long time, kind of like you as well. And as a gardener, like I said, um, I have seen the effects that it's doing just in my little world in my yard. So Mm -hmm. that's why it's really important.
1: Well, and then you bring up agriculture too. Yeah, huge. Huge uh, producer of greenhouse gases the way we do our farming today. When you see bare land, you know, the tilled land without anything growing on it, it's it's terrible for the environment. Uh, It releases uh, nitrogen and carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. It creates erosion. So we're talking about predictions. You know, in 10 years, we'll see you know, fewer and fewer of these, these bare lands because the smart farmers are going towards uh, cover, cover crops. crops.
0: And see, that's the thing I've been doing now, even in my own yard. You you saw, maybe you've seen me out there in my yard, yeah. um, plucking weeds and then replacing it with mini clover. Yes. Because that's such a good thing. You don't have to fertilize as much and it's you know, doesn't need as much water, all those things. You
1: don't need to cut it as often either.
0: Right, right. So, you know, things like that is, I think there's a um, a matter of getting used to a new standard to say, well, you know, just... Bl- Pure Kentucky bluegrass. It looks nice, but it doesn't have to be that way.
1: Well, I mean, Kentucky says it's all. We're Minnesota. Well, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's so, so
0: it's just something I think that, that hopefully people adapt to. And, you know, with with me doing things like the planting natives, uh, things that were meant to be here and that sort of thing. So,
1: yeah, yeah. It's tough though because of the invasives. I've got Creeping Charlie in my yard and, uh, I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs>
0: You have got to learn to love it sometimes. Well, uh, I know it's,
1: there's. It's getting to my neighbor's yard, and they haven't complained. Oh, they're yet,
0: not probably happy. No, no. So, Well, anyway, so there's so many things. I mean, everything from your own backyard to space junk that we can talk about. And so, I uh, if and uh, will and we will. Yeah, the the thing is that uh, we we're going to be doing this every week. We've got um we've got our sponsor the minnesota valley federal credit union two locations in mankato since 1934 and if you want more information from them you can go to mnvalleyfcu.coop otherwise also supported by lee pomeroy every day is earth day and uh, you know if others are interested in maybe suggesting topics that we could have i am very open to like i said everything from your backyard to space junk because i mean (laughs) there's a lot it covers a lot of territory and I think you uh, maybe have something to say about that too. We just well,
1: I mean, I, I'm working on a database for you, Karen, as you well know. I've got 60 names on it. it just with with people
0: that are good resources in this area for
1: all of this stuff. For, yeah. Uh, you know, for solar panels, for energy conservation, for I mean, there's just so much going on here, and you know, it's when you think about it, it's really no brainer to go in this direction.
0: Yeah, and so so for every week, I mean. The topics will be varied. Uh, we'll we'll talk about, like I said, everything from the, you know solar panels to wind energy to you name it.
1: Even even I want to talk about at some point uh, is is uh, your investments in your for a one k plan, your retirement plan, and how you can gear your investments towards companies that are climate friendly and energy friendly.
0: Now that's something I have not thought about, so that will be an interesting topic as well. And
1: there's some wonderful free resources on the web to steer you in that direction.
0: Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you, Lee, for for getting this started and for being our first inaugural, uh, on the first inaugural Everyday Earth Day show and we uh, look forward to, to getting some of those other experts in. And like I said, if other people have topics that they're interested in that think might be really good, maybe we don't know about, please let us know. You can uh, call the station or text us, whatever you want to do. That's That would be great. And I want to thank you, Lee, for spending the morning with me uh, chatting about these things.
1: Well, what remember, remind them the phone number.
0: Oh, yes, 507 389 five six seven eight in case you didn't hear it enough times when the last week (laughs) with with the with the pledge drive because we gave it out a lot five oh seven three eight nine five six seven eight uh you know just let us know your interest levels and what you and it does take
1: test texts right that number we can yeah
0: we can do texting yeah Yeah, okay and that is always good because if i'm on the air as you know i can't answer the phone
1: right (laughs) good
0: yeah i just ignore it or Dwayne gets it hopefully so thanks again i appreciate it well thank
1: you karen all right bye-bye
0: bye-bye